Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our topic today is Milwaukee's successful campaign to reduce teen pregnancy, which has been recognized as a model for community collaboration. Our guests are Bevan Baker, the city's health commissioner, and Nicole Agrisano of the United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County. Here's a clip. I knew it got traction when I saw it on one of our bus tails riding down Wisconsin Avenue, and I saw young boys of color, young boys on the corner, and they all pointed at the bus and they smiled. I went back and I told our partners, I think we're on to something. In 1998, Milwaukee, Wisconsin had the second highest teen birth rate of any major city at more than twice the national average. Since then, Milwaukee's teen birth rate has declined by 54%. That exceeds the large drop in the national teen birth rate, which has fallen by about 50% during the same period. A driver of the success has been the city's teen pregnancy prevention initiative launched in 2008 and led by the United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County. It's seen as a model of community collaboration and was highlighted by the White House Council for Community Solutions. To learn more, we're joined by two people who have been at the center of the initiative. Bevan Baker has been the Commissioner of Health in Milwaukee since 2004, and Nicole Angersano is the Vice President of Community Impact at the United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County. Welcome to you both. I want to jump right into the three main strategies that the initiative used to reduce teen pregnancy in Milwaukee. The first was an aggressive advertising campaign targeted to teens. Commissioner Baker, I know that one of the most well-known ads that came out of the campaign was of a teenage boy who looked pregnant, pregnant stomach superimposed on this young man's image. Tell us more about the media strategy with ads like that and what it was trying to do. Well, it it was fascinating. Uh, We knew that there were many pregnant girls in our community who were teenagers, but it it was becoming the norm. So I I think our advertising uh, uh, partner said, well, if you saw a picture of a pregnant boy, would it be disturbing? Would it change everything and the way you thought about things? So we had these great models, and they were all French models who were actually pregnant. And we took the headshots of 14, 15, and 16-year-old boys and superimposed it. So they were really uh, not closed from the waist up, and it made for a striking campaign. I knew it got traction when I saw it on one of our bus tails riding down Wisconsin Avenue, and I saw young boys of color, young boys on the corner, and they all pointed at the bus and they smiled. I went back and I told our partners, I think we're on to something. It was the perfect way to flip everything that people thought about teen pregnancy. Wouldn't it be disturbing if you saw a teen boy who was pregnant? It should be just as shocking when you see a 15-year-old girl. So that was the beginning of Milwaukee. Stop ignoring teen pregnancy and start doing something about it. And that was what that campaign was all about. Nicole, another key part of the strategy has been education programs in schools. Um, more evidence-based sex ed, for example. Tell us about that. Yes. One of the most important strategies and one of the reasons I think this initiative has been as successful as it has been is our Healthy Girls Program. The Healthy Girls Program, in fact, actually predates um, even having an official initiative. And Healthy Girls is United Way's investment in evidence-based 
sexual health curriculum. So for the past almost 15 years now, we have invested in evidence-based, scientifically sound pregnancy prevention curricula, both in school and after-school settings. The program that we use the most often is called Making Proud Choices. This is a curriculum that's been vetted and researched and approved at a national level. It's shown great results on communities similar to Milwaukee. And so most of our money is directed towards that curriculum. But I also have to add that simultaneously with the Healthy Girls investment, which included, again, both in-school and out-of-school strategies, Milwaukee Public Schools has been an incredible partner in this work, and they actually developed and implemented a K-12 through human growth and, and development curriculum. And I want to be clear, when we talk about human growth and development in elementary school, we're not talking about sex ed in the way that some people may, may assume. What we're talking about is helping kids know what their body parts are called, helping them know who can and can't touch them, letting them know what safe adults they have that they can go to if they're having a problem. It's really foundational to helping kids be as healthy as they can be. And so when we talk about the fact that this community has embraced um, a, a really aggressive approach, that includes Milwaukee Public School System saying this is information that is every bit as important as math and English. We need to make sure that our young people understand how their bodies work and understand how to stay safe. Commissioner Baker, I know that sex ed decisions can be controversial ones for communities, but it sounds like this was a key part of the initiative. Well, I, I think the change was about age-specific uh, uh, education. We weren't starting early enough. And I, and I remember this was the great controversy in the campaign. We were typically, as a community, addressing uh, teen pregnancy by talking to 15, 16, and 17-year-olds about abstaining and about looking at contraceptives. That was too late. I remember our public health experts in-house saying we must start very early. And what made Milwaukee's campaign controversial? We started with 10-year-olds. And it was a very difficult discussion, but it was age-appropriate. So we needed to let folks know that 9- and 10-year-olds were being impacted and were being informed, and we needed to take the football back, and we did that. So it was about age-appropriate education, and we targeted fourth graders. It was a tough thing to do, but it was the right thing to do in hindsight. A third element of the initiative was community programs. Commissioner Baker, tell us about the role of those community programs. What specifically did they do? I, I can tell you that there were, there were a couple components of, of community programming. One was uh, we had to deal with the whole issue of, of, of condom distribution and, and how that worked uh, in, in our schools. We needed to go where kids were in terms of getting information about contraceptives in their hands. I remembered having our community health workers go into raves, go into house parties where they were providing uh, access to condoms, and then also getting uh, uh, contraceptives in some of our schools and having nurses being able to provide uh, teens with contraceptives and getting community buy-in to do just that. So it wasn't just about uh, the guerrilla campaigns. We had abstinence education. We had those partners at the table, but we also had barrier protection. We had experts there. We also had a campaign around dealing with sexually transmitted disease that was going concurrent with all of this. And that was a part of the regular community programming was there. Uh, and and, we, and we, we linked that to what was happening here. 
You know, we had a, one of our most successful campaigns that was running concurrent with this effort was No Condom, No Way. And it was we used actors who uh, were local students who put their pictures on the face of the condoms. And that was cool. It was something that hadn't been done before. And we found that to be very successful. And when, then we used the LGBT uh, community. Uh, we used Planned Parenthood. We used uh, our, our AIDS uh, service organizations. They were all at the table. We plugged into their network, and, it, and, and we got traction there. So when I say community program, it was about taking existing community assets that were on the ground and changing their strip and getting them to take risks and having those risks tied to accountabilities and outcomes. Nicole, it's clear that there are a lot of partners involved in this initiative, many of them playing different roles. Yes. You know, what I really try to emphasize when other folks call and want to talk about how can they do an initiative is that collaboration is really hard, and it takes so much longer. Um, Doing a collective impact model, which is now the term that's often applied to these types of collective efforts, is so much more time-consuming and exhausting than simply having individual programs do their work. But the benefits and the payoffs are so much greater. So what we're blessed with in Milwaukee are just an extraordinary partnership. And what I mean by that is that very early on in this initiative, we realized that we were going to have to make sure that we addressed this issue in ways that appealed to a diverse populace. So for me, I've always approached this issue as a matter of social justice. I don't think 14-year-old girls and boys should be parents. I think they should have every opportunity to be successful adults. But for some people, a more appealing um, way of thinking about it is, let's think about the financial costs. Or let's think about what happens to a school system if too many people are getting pregnant. So very early on, we drew up and still use to this day uh, a, a logic model that really illustrates the fact that although we only have one goal in this initiative, and that goal is to reduce births to teens, we have myriad pathways to get to that goal. And those pathways include diverse constituencies such as faith leaders and business leaders and the program staff that we talked about earlier, and the school system. Everyone has a role to play. As you've both described, the initiative has really used some in-your-face approaches. In other words, getting kids' attention, giving them the information and the resources that they need. That, in turn, required getting community buy-in for those approaches. Commissioner Baker, tell us about the outreach to the broader community to try and get that buy-in. Yes. My co-chair of the committee uh, was the publisher and president of our hometown paper, the Journal Sentinel. We had access to uh, thousands of, of readers and, and we had viewership and everything that we was doing was on the front page of our hometown paper. Shocking, provocative, and every time we moved the needle, it was a story that was in our paper. And I think that's what made this different. Everyone knew that we were doing it. Everyone was watching this story, and we had community engagement because we were giving feedback to our community in terms of the outcomes, the solutions, and the excitement surrounding uh, the Teen Pregnancy Initiative. There was a real transparency effort, in other words. The the transparency and also the economic uh, investment because we did make an economic case for what teen pregnancy was causing Milwaukee in terms of, of the economy. If someone has... A, a baby at 14, then the cycle of poverty continues. And that was a business case 
and we had business partners who were at the table who read their hometown paper every day who said, we need to invest in this solution. We got traction that way. A couple more questions for you. Nicole, tell us about the funding of the initiative. Yeah, there's a combination of funding sources that we use for this. Primarily, it's United Way funding that we both fundraise for and then identify potential grants for. But we've also had contributions from both um, community and corporate foundations that have helped propel this work forward. And finally, Nicole, tell us about the role of the United Way. They were the lead partner in the initiative. Sure. I think it's really important to have a backbone agency. And that backbone agency can be United Way, it can be a health department, it can be a school. It doesn't matter what type of business it is. What it matters is that you have an organization that's going to put human and financial capital towards this initiative. And quite frankly, that's going to be in it for a long time. It is a remarkable story of collaboration and and success. We should note that even with nationwide declines in teen pregnancy, the U.S. still has the highest teen pregnancy rate among developed countries. So I know that your work continues in Milwaukee and across the nation. Bevan and Nicole, thanks very much for sharing your insights with us. Thank you. Thanks so much.